All right, guys, welcome to the It's Not Just a Game podcast. I'm your host, Chrissy Sanders. And today we are talking with uh, the CEO and founder of the Reagan Farley Agency, uh, Reagan Farley. Hey, Reagan, thanks for joining us today. Christina, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. No problem. So um, how did how'd you get started in this? You, you own a PR firm and, and what's kind of the scope of, of what do you guys do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've actually been doing publicity since college, which um, seems like it was such a long time ago, but I guess in all actuality, it wasn't. So I graduated college in 2012. Um, To me, that feels like such a long time ago, but um, my degree is actually in print journalism. I kind of got my start at Lincoln University, which to me is like the best university on the planet, but long and the short, Um, Lincoln University is in Oxford, Pennsylvania. It's a historically black college, the first HBCU degree granting institution. Um, And long and and the short, um, I was the vice president of student government. So in that position, I actually used to put on some of our really big revenue generating events. So our homecomings, our spring flings, and I got a chance to actually do all of the grunt work on the external affairs side. So like any interviews from a student perspective, any um, promotions from a student perspective, and kind of being that voice that liaison, that PR person early on in my career. And then a light bulb just went off and it was like, hey, this is what I want to do in real life. Hence, um, back then we weren't known as the Reagan Farley Agency, but hence, um, I guess that overall PR professional was like born in me since then all right so did you did you always had hopes of joining your own uh not joining but having your own agency girl yes ma'am entrepreneurship has been ingrained in my blood um I always knew that that I would be an entrepreneur maybe not in this space in this publicity and um communications content strategy space but I know I never wanted to work for someone for the rest of my life. And granted, I've had some really awesome experiences. Um, I've done some work at NBC Universal. Um, I've done some work for um, the Maryland Transit Administration. Um, I've done some work for the NAACP, all as, as staff. But um, I think I've always wanted my own company because to me, um, you can get fired from a job, but you can't get fired from your purpose, your career, your passion. Um, and all within those spaces, I've always had my own um, clientele. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, but I think what's really interesting, what you were even talking about, too, on all the different experiences that you kind of like took initiative and actually kind of uh, sought out for yourself. Like that was kind of the same thing for me. So I've literally been, um, you know, like I felt like when you were talking, when you were like looking at my resume or something, because I was doing the same thing with the student government things. And, and you're yeah. right. I graduated in 2013, so I felt I felt like it's like forever ago as well. But yeah, um, it doesn't seem like it. It it's, it feels like you're like forever. I'm like, and and like I'm starting to get embarrassed. Like when I like tell people now, like you know what I mean? Like because used to you're like, yeah, I'm a fresh fresh graduate. Now it's like, whoa. Yeah, I'm not a recent graduate anymore. It's like, girl, you are not a recent graduate anymore. <laughs> 
I know. And like, and now I'm like starting to, and you're probably with the same thing. I'm starting to get the younger people reaching out to me now. And they're like, oh, I want to pick your brain to see how you got to where you are. And then I'm thinking to myself like, oh, wow. Like, you know, and I'm like, how old are you? They're like, oh, 21. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, I'm I'm like, I'm like, dear sir or ma'am, I'm nowhere where I want to be. But hey, if you, if you want to talk, who am I not to talk? You know, like, who am I not to share advice to that next generation? Exactly, exactly. And that's literally why I started the podcast, too, because I, I think that sometimes the ecosystem of the environment that we do our work in is so kind of closed and I wanted to open that up, um, you know, so that people feel comfortable learning about the industry. Cause it's a phenomenal industry, you know, it shouldn't be so, yeah. you know, closed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I completely understand. Um, I think what I'm finding is sometimes people will definitely reach out. And in the beginning, sometimes they're so excited about wanting to reach out, wanting to work in the industry or, um, sometimes they'll say like, you know, people aren't willing to provide advice. Um, and this is just something that I'm starting to, to figure out. People will say that folks aren't willing to, you know, kind of, you know, give their advice, share their opinion and all of those different things. But then I also think it's about initiative too, right? So you have to be that person to take initiative number one and you got to follow up. The art of the follow up is so important. Like it's very important. That kind of makes or breaks deals sometimes. It does. And I think people don't realize that because I am I tell people all the time, the money is made in the follow up, you know, because mm-hmm. all the time people are like, oh, this is great. But you have to think about the amount of ads and messages and all these emails and phone calls and stuff that we're inundated with all this stuff that as soon as people say yes to you, they forget about you. So you have to constantly and you can't take anything personal in this industry like, you know, I think a lot of times people think that, oh, you know, so-and-so didn't respond to me. They got a hundred emails. They yeah. like 99 of the people won't ever, ever call them back again. They don't know who to take seriously. You have to kind of earn that space in this, in this world, um, yeah. which a lot of people don't get. It's not, it's not for the soft either. So. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's really not. Honey, I didn't have a lot of no's. I didn't have had some yeses. I've had more no's than I've had yeses. But the the beautiful part about it is that the people who have become my mentors or, you know, ingrained some part of wisdom in me, they've been people who I can go back to them every time because of the rapport that I've built with them. How do you feel about how do you feel about having ha- having mentors or do you think that people need mentors uh, or do you think that people can kind of get along without it? What are your thoughts? Yeah. So, so for me, I've had mentors. I've been blessed to um, one of my greatest experiences while I was in college is I worked with um, I worked with Kevin Frazier. So Kevin Frazier, for people who don't know, is he used to be on the Inside a Television Show. Mm-hmm. I think he's back over at Entertainment Tonight. But um, long and the short, when I was in college, I, like I told you, I was vice president of external affairs. But um, I got really close with our like director of publicity from the college level. Um, and she's one of my dear friends. She's going to fuss at me for shouting her out, but her name is Ashley Gabb. She's my big sister. She's my soror. And um, long and short, I'm sitting in her office one day and she goes, well, hey, do you want to go to California? And I'm looking at her like, let me side eye you real quick because <laughs> of course I want to go to California. And then she's like, um, 
she's right. Who doesn't it? Right. Land of the sunshine, land of dreams, city of angels. Um, she's like, well, I got you an internship opportunity with Kevin Frazier and your apartment is fully paid for. All you have to do is show up and, and do your thing and make Lincoln University proud. So fully furnished apartment. This is my senior year in college. I got to spend the summertime in Los Angeles. I got to work for CBS. I got to work for his company, Hip Hollywood. And it was honestly, Christina, it was an opportunity of a lifetime. So even within that moment, and I haven't talked to Kevin in like a really long time, but like um, as I've gotten older, you know, we've been in some similar circles and every time certain people who see me or see him that knows me, they're always like, hey, Reagan's doing well. So like that was an unofficial mentor who might not have that title, but great guy nonetheless. Um, and just mentors on the way. I have mentors who aren't even in the public relations space, but maybe that I just need their business acumen or I just need, you know, their art of the follow up or mm-hmm. I just need different things from them. So I have male mentors. I have female mentors. Um, I have mentors from different backgrounds. So I, honestly, I do think mentor mentors are important. But the one thing I will say, though, is you also have to provide value to people sometimes. Absolutely. So I, I, yeah, yeah. Like I, I you said that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think you have to because it's great to to have someone want to help you, but we live in a day in a space where people are saying scratch if you scratch my back I'll scratch yours and not that you always have to do something for somebody, but you got to be of value. I'm pretty sure I would have never gotten that opportunity at Lincoln if I wasn't of value. If I because anyone can go to an internship, right? And that boss tells that intern what to do, but it takes a special kind of person to take what that boss is telling you to do, make it your own and create your own opportunities from it. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've been living my life that way and I, and I really want people to truly understand the value of what you just said, because I think that we're really going into that day and age where it's literally only the people of value survive, you know, because it's like, so many ways that you can kind of target, you can find people, you can reach out to people, you can yeah. connect with people. And yeah. so at that point, if you're not really providing value, it, you're going to be easily replaced. And it's not yeah. it's not going to be where a lot of these people slip through the cracks anymore. Um, people, you got to be on your game. And I love that you absolutely said that because I think that people think that sometimes if you're, uh, like you said, you know, providing something I wash your back, you wash mine, that is somehow like selling out or being inauthentic or whatever, but it's not. It's literally just business. It's being a person of value. No, yeah, yeah, it's not because um, I I think what I'm finding and um, I think what I'm finding is as the CEO of a company now, um, it's hard to find good help. And at first I was always one of those people where I'm like, you know, let me help everybody. Let me help everybody. But I think now I'm turning into that person where I'm like, let me be selective in who I help. And not that it's, I don't want to share information with you because again, who am I not to help you when so many people have helped me along the way that everyone does not deserve your time. Um, especially when you're a person that's trying to be a decision maker and you're trying to lead more business efforts. Everyone doesn't deserve that time because it's like you'll help this person get to the next level and then they forget about how you help them. And not that not that you're not that you're the person who needs a pat on the back to say, Oh, you help me, you help me, you help me. But I do sometimes think you have to give people flowers when they can 
still smell them, if that makes sense. Absolutely. There has to be reciprocity back with it. And I'm and I'm yeah. with you on that. And and I yeah. think that and I'm I'm with you. And I think that what people need to learn that when you're kind of going up the ladder, like you said, you're open. You have to, you know, kind of uh you got to find who people are. But unfortunately, you do have to be selective with your time. So how do you start kind of prioritizing, you know, now that you've gotten to this point where you've had some success? It's not where you're just like, hey, I'm super fresh. I'm I'm green. Like I'm, yeah. I'm taking any yeah. and every client. How, how do you kind of start determining what's worth your time um, outside Girl. of my- Girl, listen, you got to go through a few lemons to make lemonade. And I'll be very transparent. Like, I'm still battling with that because what I know for sure, let's let's do an Oprah vibe real quick. What I know for sure is that sometimes even if you can pay my rate, all money isn't good money. Um, Because then you come into those situations where things are problematic. So you have that client, and again, this is about no person in particular, but you have that client where they can pay the rate, but then now them being able to pay the rate comes with a lot of bull crap. So it comes with the really not understanding what PR necessarily is. And then it comes with the, hey, because I'm paying you X amount of dollars, you need to be doing so forth, so forth, this, that, and the third. But do you really understand what you're getting from a PR perspective? Let's unpack that now, right? So, like, please, hypothetically, let's you, say, like, can you please tell the viewers, <laughs> the listeners? Yeah, yeah, like, let's talk about what that really is because what public relations is not is is not social media, it's not marketing. All of these are strategies that, um, all of these are strategies that one hand washes the other, but PR is earned. So, because me as a publicist. Let's say you are a music artist because everyone thinks that they have a hot song nowadays, right? Let's say you are a music artist because (laughs) you've paid me to be your publicist. That does not necessarily mean that you will be on BT.com overnight. That does not mean that. What that means is that I am creating visibility for what you already have going on. Do you have a manager? Are you already in a performing rights organization? How do your visuals look? Are you sellable? Are you coachable? Um, what are you already doing on your own before you get to a publicist? Because that publicist should be enhancing that story. But if there's no story, I'm not um, J.K. Rawlins and I can't create something out of nothing. <laughs> Maybe J.K. can do that with Harry Potter and them, but um, I, I'm not a magician. I'm, this ain't Hogwarts. This is the Reagan Farley Agency, but it is not Hogwarts. <laughs> You know what? It's so funny because I'm sitting I'm sitting here recording this and I wish I could like turn it up. Like I feel like I, I'm like hitting a man every time you bring up a point. Like I'm like if if there was like a button, I'm like over here like speak. Like, <laughs> <a> clap button. <laughs> and it's not it's not to come off snooty or anything like that. But I really want people to understand what they are getting when they when they reach out to a publicist. Um, business too I think that's what people need to understand because before I started my agency I came from corporate so you had different people to do different jobs like I can't sit there and go you know publicize a BMW that doesn't exist you know what I mean like like, I mean you should have the plant ready in Germany you know what I mean yeah Yeah. to already to already keep it going like so so when I say earned media when I say earned media 
just because I reach out to an outlet. So since we're talking about the whole artist space, let's keep it there. So just because I reach out to like a um, billboard.com, billboard.com does not have to cover you just because I reached out. Absolutely. Um, what that means is I'm sending billboard.com that information. And if it fits into what they're doing, they decide to cover it. If it's yes, that's earned media. I earned that. But in the same wheelhouse of marketing, if you pay for it, Billboard.com has to has to run that advertisement. That's if it's an advertisement. Absolutely. Let's talk about people paying for media, though. As a publicist, your publicist should never pay for a media placement. That's called pay to play. That's called payola. And it's illegal. Right. So, like, you should your publicist should not be paying for for a press placement. Because they're earned, they're given, and it should be free. So now, should you pay? Native, native advertising, like um, you know, I have a really strong background in, in digital marketing, and so yeah. um, a lot of it, especially when it comes down to the internet, like you're right, and I'm very familiar with payola. But it's like, how do you get people to understand the difference between? these very, very organic looking kind of native advertising and, and, you know, what they're paying you to do to actually earn media. How do you get the client to understand that? Um, I I think it comes with, so I'm very clear in my documentation when someone reaches out to me, Mm -hmm. I'm very clear on my consult calls. I even have a little, um, I even have this little document that I'm starting to send out. So like it breaks down what advertising is and what public relations actually is. Um, And I'm going to actually tag you in it and you're going to probably chuckle when you see it. But um, advertising is saying buy this product. Hey, um, Reagan and Chrissy, I see you like t-shirts that say Black Girl Magic. You guys need to try this product. I mean, buy this product because um, it's your favorite color. It has these words. It has these words on it, and I think you'll look great in it. Whereas public relations, what I'm telling you is, hey, there's a story behind this T-shirt. I can see you in it. Such and such has worn this T-shirt, and here's a quote from him. Oh, and by the way, Blavity.com picked up this um pick up this piece. So public relations is I'm crafting the message as to why this product is important. I love Does it. that make sense? Oh, I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And and I think another thing that people have to understand too is that you also have to be doing something of value for your public just to even have something to talk about. Yeah, newsworthy. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exciting incident, exciting incident, exciting incident. Right. Just you because putting out a track is not newsworthy. Like there are tons of people yeah. out you know, hot songs all the time, but like, what does this mean? What's, what's behind it? Like, what's your story? It's, it's so much that goes. Why does it matter? Yeah. Why, like, why does it even matter? Um, And then also I think what I want to be clear and transparent on is public relations, people, publicists, whatever you want to call us, you can, I can't guarantee. So just because someone reaches out to me, um, just because someone reaches out to me, and says, hey, I want to hire you for PR, then from that next step, they've paid for the console and they've paid for um, me to do their their public relations. That doesn't necessarily mean that I can guarantee, oh, you'll be back to that BT.com, right? You'll be on BT.com. You'll be on um, Billboard.com. You'll be on Pigeons and Planes or what have you. You are paying me to render services. 
you are not paying me to guarantee that you'll be on all of these things overnight. And I think that's what people, I think that's what people also don't get. Like someone reached out to me and said, hey. That was one of yeah. the biggest things I even try to teach clients about, because like you said, it's not always, people don't always like the message that you're selling. Sometimes the message you're selling isn't, it doesn't fit into their, you know, narrative as a publication or whatever. So how do you kind of like negotiate from the value perspective on um, basically this is a, a gamble, you know, because what's interesting to me is how people so quickly buy radio ads with zero metrics, but they're so scared to buy PR. So how do you talk through the pricing for a client and say, Hey, like, look, I'm charging you, you know, $20,000 a month for six months, you know what I mean? For blah, 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 blah. And it very well may not ever get picked up or it could get picked up after the six months. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I think for me, the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the pudding. So things are result driven. So like I can tell you where I have relationships with. Now that's what I can tell you. Um, And I can tell you that although I have those relationships, I can't guarantee something. I can't, I can't guarantee certain placements, but I can tell you that I've had clients featured on these outlets before. Like, I can help you get visibility in general, but that doesn't mean, you know, good PR takes time. So let's say that. And even when you look at some of those greats, um, Bill Gates has a quote where he says, if I was down to my last dollar, I'd spend it on PR. And why is that? I think that's because he knows the value of creating visibility, um, doing things that are exciting, helping, you know, come up, helping a client come up with a specific message and crafting that message or what have you. Um, and I think those are the things that I sell when um, I sell PR services. I don't want to sell anyone a dream. Yep. Back to me and my funny, back to me and my funny business, right? This isn't Disney. I can't sell you a dream. But what I can say is if you want that pure visibility, then um, I think we're the company to come to, if that makes sense. Right. Absolutely. I love that. So like, um, you know, kind of what would you say like the state of the PR industry is right now? And like, where do you see it going? How yeah. do you think it is? Where do you see it evolving yeah. to? What are what's going on in 2019 and beyond? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think the state of the PR industry is that we have to wear multiple hats. We meaning publicists, right? Mm-hmm. So outside of just creating visibility from a publicity standpoint, I also have to know how to do content management. So maybe I'm not executing social media from a client perspective. I'm mm-hmm. more so coming up with that strategy. So when are you posting? What does social media look like? What hashtags are you using? How can we get creative and get down to the notes and bolts, nuts and bolts of actually um, running a unique campaign? Um, so wearing those mini hats, I also think that PR is transitioned from just a traditional standpoint. I like to say sometimes that I do digital PR, right? Um, because it, maybe it's not traditional back in the day where you're calling up a newspaper and getting featured in the newspaper, but now you're actually building those relationships. So in relationships from a digital space too. So like doing those social media takeovers, um, you know, being a sponsor, getting a client on a sponsored advertisement, um, doing different situations that make sense, helping with their sphere of influence. Um, because at the end of the day, maybe not everyone wants to be an influencer, but you are an influencer to someone if you are a brand. You're influencing something if you are a brand. Um, so I think the PR industry, it's 
it's definitely gone digital, but I think we'll see it a lot more with like the tools and um, the different platforms that we use to like pitch and things like that. Okay. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I agree with you on that. Um, And so I want to kind of like bring something up because I see a lot of people in our industry and they, they always ask me this question, like about people think that just because you have a relationship or whatever case may be that you don't ever hear no. So like, can you tell me how, how many emails that you send out that you get a no to, or you get dead silence and and let's, Talk through that, like so that no one has a hundred percent. If you have a hundred percent success rate, maybe you're Beyonce's publicist and shout out to her. But, um, or you got a lot of budget to buy, or you, yeah, (laughs) yeah, because no one has, like, let's be very transparent here. Like, I, I work with. A, a couple of different brands or a couple of different people and sometimes I get unanswered emails and that's mm-hmm. okay like I'll keep trying my mom likes to call me the little engine that could because I'm gonna keep pushing like okay one no one monkey don't stop no show let me keep pushing because for those thousand no's that I have someone else is gonna say yes right I love that. I love yeah. it. And I yeah. think people really need to kind of understand that. So uh, basically, like, what what would you give um, as advice to, like, your younger self? Like, if you yeah. could go back in time, because you've been with you. <laughs> so. Right, right, right. No time. Girl, I would tell her, I would, I would actually tell her, and this is for anyone, right? Like, don't quit. Um, and I know that's very vague, but, like, sometimes we get to the, we quit at a point where things seem their bleakest. Mm. And sometimes when you quit, right, you never know what's on the other side of the, of, of you quitting. If I would have held on just a little longer, success co- could have been on the end of that, that time when I quit. If I would have did this a little bit differently, then, you know, who knows what have happened. But I'll also tell her, like, don't live with regrets, right? Because you can always reinvent yourself. Um, and I was actually just telling this to my line sister and I was like, Hey, like girl, you can always hit reset, like never be afraid to hit reset. And I know I just told my younger self probably like six different things within this one sentence, but I think those things are important. So one, never be afraid to hit reset Two, um, don't quit because again, when you, when you live in that fear and in that space of, oh, I'm going to just give up. You never know if you held out a little longer, if you'd be on the other side of a blessing. And then three, live with no regret. So I know I'm saying, kind of saying two different things, but um, for every time that I ha- may have given up, there was a lesson in that give up. And I think that lesson in that give up was you can endure. So, yeah. I love that. I love that. I mean, because that's absolutely so true. I think there's yeah. so many people. Um, I, I don't know how the exact phrase goes and I'm probably going to mess it up, but I think that <laughs> like, but, but to paraphrase that it, it's like 300 feet of gold or something like that back, back in the day when they used to kind of mine for gold and stuff. Um, basically a lot of times, you know, I guess people would give up right before they actually hit the gold mine when, yeah. when the gold rush was a thing and and I'm like sincere I'm a sincere believer in that because I believe that if you truly are walking in your purpose and you know you know this is where you're supposed to be because there are some things you need to drop like yeah. period you know what I mean like if it's not yeah. a good fit it's not 
be upset, but there are some things that if you know in your heart, no matter how bleak the situation looks, if you can't let it go, I believe it's worth investigating. And so you should stick, stick with it. Like that's, that's what I believe. Like, I believe that people kind of like find their purpose in what they can't shake. You you, you get what I'm saying? Like I I can't. And they often keep keep going, keep going. If it's something that keeps you up at night, keep, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, exactly. You know, well, I mean, that's, that's basically it. So, um, where, where can people kind of find you, contact yeah. you, yeah. you know, send them the, the list of, of, of what PR is, <laughs> what marketing is, how can they find you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, my website is Reagan, that's R-E-G-A-N, Farley, F-A-R-L-E-Y.com. And then my, um, personal Instagram is Ray, R-A-E the T-H-E publicist. Um, and then my company's profiles are Reagan Farley Agency. Okay. All right. Awesome. Well, Reagan Farley, again, um, CEO and founder of the Reagan Farley Agency, awesome, awesome PR publicist uh, that's up and coming, never satisfied. Yes. Thanks so much for coming on the It's Not Just the Game podcast. Uh, and uh, I will be seeing you. Hopefully we can connect one day. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I'm going to leave you guys with one thing. The dream is free, but the hustle sold separately. That's another one of my brands. So keep hustling, stay inspired, um, and don't give up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you so much, Chrissy. I appreciate it. No problem, no problem. Thanks for coming on. Awesome, thank you. All right.